Chapter fifty three of Souls for Sale. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Souls for Sale by Rupert Hughes. Chapter fifty three. Again, when she got home, her mother was waiting for her. Her father was waiting for her again. Her mother had fallen asleep with her father's letter in her hand as Mem slipped in guiltily and stared at her. She leaped up in alarm and cried out in protest with a sleepy reversion to ancient authority. Mem, have you proven utterly shameless? Have you gone wrong at last? Mem smiled and shook her head. Something in her calm convinced her mother more than any angry disclaimer could have done. She breathed deeply with relief from the nightmare that rides mother's souls night and day. She smiled as she held out another letter from the old child they were both mothering. My beloved wife, you will find it hard to believe what I am about to write, for you were never quite convinced that prayers are answered. Well, mine have been, and I am more than ever confirmed in my faith. A miracle has been vouchsafed unto me, even me. This morning, Dr. Brethrick called to see me and stated that he had been entrusted with a mysterious message. A former parishioner of mine, a man whose name he was forbidden to disclose, had embezzled some money years ago and had never been discovered. The still small voice of his conscience, however, was never silenced, and at last it drove him to restitution. But he found that the people whom he had wronged were dead, and there were no heirs to receive the funds. In his distress at being unable to relieve his soul of its remorse, he bethought himself of his old church, and wrote to Dr. Brethrick, who had been his physician in the old days, asking him to convey the money to me for such use as I found best. Dr. Brethrick placed two hundred and fifty dollars in my hands, and assured me that more would come from time to time until the principal and the interest had been paid. I fell on my knees in thankfulness, and even Dr. Brethrick, hopeless old skeptic that he is, was not free from a moisture about the eyes. When I reproached him, with his little faith, he could not deny that there was something in this beyond his ability to explain by any of his materialistic nonsense. He would not even give a hint as to the anonymous donor, but I have my suspicions as to who the man is. He left town some years ago and has grown rich in New York. My prayers follow him. I cannot write more. I am too busy renewing the life of this dear old church. The mortgagees have accepted a part payment and agreed to prolong the loan. The members have taken a new lease on faith, and some of the wanderers have been drawn back to the fold. A member on an outlying farm has turned in three fat pigs to sell, and two merchants have endorsed a note which the bank had discounted. The other preachers may be younger but they cannot point to such a miracle. As Elijah was fed by the ravens, so some unknown benevolence has rescued this old man of yours from the deeps of helplessness. If only you could come home now, and if our beloved child could see the light, all would be well. Tell her of my good fortune, and say that my cup of joy would overflow indeed if only she might give up her error before the night falleth. I am trying not to ask too much of heaven, but I am counting on seeing you. Your loving husband. 
Never had Mem felt more ancient or more motherly than when she saw this aged child converted again to Santa Claus. His blind confidence in his wrong-headedness filled her heart with tender amusement. She was thoroughly happy and fully rewarded for the sacrifice of her savings, but she was too freshly come from the home of the farceur to escape a torment of cynicism. She put ice in her mother's heart when she said, I saw the beggar's opera tonight, Mama. The wickedest thing I ever did see, too. But if it hadn't been for that, Handel wouldn't have written the Messiah. This was academic enough to pass her mother without protest, but Mem went on with diabolical logic. If Eve hadn't eaten the apple, then Christ would never have come to earth. Hush! In heaven's name! Hush is always good advice, Mama, but I can't help realizing that if I hadn't well, sinned is the word. With poor Elwood Farnaby, I'd never have run away from home. If I'd never run away from home, I'd never have come out here. I'd never have earned a cent. I'd never have had a cent to send poor Daddy, and his church would have gone to smash. So you see... No, I don't, said Mrs. Steddon, and you better not. All right, I won't, said Mem, kissing the frightened face. But it's a funny world, isn't it, Mama? Not at all, said Mama. End of chapter fifty three. Recording by Deanna Beauvais.